Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. How many feel God's presence in this place? Can we give Jesus just a quick hand? Come on and love on him. Amen. I wish I could sing. There was a song that's, that's called So Easy to Love You. It's just so easy to love him, isn't it? Amen. I'm going to quickly read from Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 through 29. It is a lengthy um, reading. However, that's about the only scripture we're going to dive in tonight. So just bear with me. And it says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far, far country who called his own servants, somebody say servants, and delivered his goods to them. And the one he gave five talents, and to another two talents, and to another one, each according to his own ability, and it immediately, somebody say immediately, he went on a far journey. It's interesting, it's interesting to note that God just provided somebody with talents and then walked away and didn't tell them anything to do with them. It's interesting to note that. I want you to take note of that, okay? Verse 16. Then he who had received five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he, had so he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents saying, Lord, you delivered me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents besides them. Verse 21, his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you a ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He who had also received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you a ruler of many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Verse 24 is really why I'm here. Then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your money in the ground. Look, you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew I reap where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with entrance, with interest. Therefore, take that talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For everyone who has, more will be given and he will have abundance. And from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away long scripture somebody say <sighs> you can have your seats thank you so glad to be here with you tonight i'm so honored to serve you and your wife pastor george i appreciate the opportunity i love you what's amazing is pastor george started taking my sermon last night we kind of do that sometimes don't we he began to talk about a graveyard, and he's a sermon swiper. Somebody call him a sermon swiper. He's a sermon swiper. Mess me all up. Now, this is really hot I, off the oven because just before I got here, I literally had finished this sermon, literally. 
within about two, two, two and a half hours ago or so. Um, but he was talking about the graveyard and different giftings. And I believe that we're kind of in a vein where God is releasing giftings, calling out giftings and affirming different types of giftings within the body of Christ at large. And I believe also in the marketplace. Um, but as he was talking about uh, the graveyard yesterday, how many were here last night? Um, and he had said he had quoted that, but he actually stole it from me. Um, but I'll take it a little bit further. Well, let's just say this. We were in a graveyard not that long ago um, for a particular reason. Um, grave, graveyards kind of scare me, by the way. But we were at the graveyard, and I began to look around, and, and, and I was praying. And um, I began to just look around at all these headstones. And I was grieved in my spirit because I was thinking about this this scripture right here about the talents and I begin to think about how many talents must have gone into the grave with these people who may have died early I know there's a young man in particular who is about 16 years old and was shot in cold blood just right here off of Main Street young man young man and um, I just thought to myself Lord the grave is robbing our generation of the giftings and the callings of God but beyond that, you were talking about the grave, Pastor George. You know what's even sadder is that there are people in this room who are alive and well and who are sitting on their giftings. And their giftings are lying in the casket of their soul. And we're we living in a place where we are reluctant to do it and we're in a spiritual coma sitting on our giftings. Living and dying at the same time. There's no greater tragedy than to have the gifting and the calling of God and be alive and able to do something about it. See, the people in the grave can do nothing about it. But you have the opportunity within this weekend to resurrect that which has been what's been placed in you and use it for the glory of God. Can somebody say amen to that? Now, this scripture really messed with me because I kind of got a little upset with the Lord, and I'll tell you why. I started questioning him. I said, Lord, because I'm always for the underdog. See, I'm, I'm an underdog. So I'm always going for the underdog. If I see a boxing match, I'm always going for the underdog. In football, underdog. Pastor George can relate to that because he's always going for the Miami Dolphins. That was free. I told you we was a lot alike. I'm amazed at the fury of this master in chapter 25 of Matthew. I see the anger. It's hard to read the scripture without saying, Lord, you're being pretty harsh to this man. There's some type of injustice here, and, and God, maybe there's a little bit of lack of unfairness. And the Holy Spirit said to me, you're absolutely right. Think about the man with the parable. Pretty much the same scenario. He asks for his father's goods, goes and spends it on riotous living for God knows what, right? Alcohol, women, parties, all of these different things, and gets off scot-free and comes back to his father's house, and his father embraces him after spending all of his livelihood, spending all of his inheritance, and we simply come back to this innocent man who when God calls him to come forth with, you know, uh, some interest off of that one talent all this man did was say hey Lord have your money back he didn't spend not a dime unlike the prodigal son and I thought to myself 
why were you so hard on this man? You could have been a little bit more gentle, right? After all, he gave you back what you gave him. Unlike the prodigal son, he spent everything you had. And God said, at least he did something with it. At least he did something and seen the value on what I placed on him. Come on. God would rather you make a mistake by faith than to not act at all. Come on. For without faith, it is impossible to please him. Without faith, it is sin. Well, that's a bad word in church. Look at y'all getting quiet. Y'all must be Catholic. My mom used to always say, be careful, Donnie. Don't, don't cross the street without looking both ways. Don't touch the stove. Got burnt by a stove when I was little. Had big things fall on my toes. My toes are all jacked up. Mom's always like, I'm always stumbling and always falling. And she's always like, be careful, be careful. And as I was reading this text, and I don't want to talk about the guy with five talents or even two talents. I want to talk about the guy with one. And you know what the Holy Spirit said to me? He said, I want you to name and title this message, The Danger of Playing It Safe. The Danger of Playing It Safe. Somebody say, The Danger. The Danger of Playing It Safe. And here's why it's so dangerous. I see all y'all's beautiful smiles out there. Because you end up bearing something that you possess, but you don't own. You end up burying something that you possess that is in your possession, but you really don't own. Y'all yeah, know what I'm talking about. You ain't never let nobody borrow one of your movies and they had it after so long, and then they act like it's still, like it's theirs, like you ain't let them borrow it. Now I'm starting to write down the book titles that I'm letting people borrow stuff, and I'm, I'm like, you're going to give me my book back. But see, but that's what you've been doing. With the gifts and callings that God has put on you, he hasn't given it to benefit you. He has given it to you to benefit the body of Christ. Amen? And so sometimes we sit on something so long that we forget who we got it from. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing. The Apostle Paul said you were bought with a price. You were bought with a price. That means you were paid for. You were owned by the Lord. So everything that you possess is for his benefit, not yours. And so by withholding, withholding the gift, people are suffering. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing in this place tonight. God's gift to you is the talent. Write this down. What you do with the gift. Let me say it like this. God's gift to you is the talent or the opportunity, if you will. What you do with the opportunity is your gift back to God. Y'all didn't hear what I said because y'all would say something. Your gift, what you give back, what he gives you, and you multiply it. See, realize that this, this master gave him the gift and left and didn't tell him what to do. That's why I didn't understand why God would get so upset with him. Like, Lord, you, you didn't tell me what to do with this gift. Have you ever felt a calling inside of you and you were confused about the gift and, and what lane you were supposed to operate in? Y'all ain't saying nothing. You are wondering, what am I supposed to do with this? What do you expect me to do? Do you want me to be a pastor? Do you want me to be an evangelist? Do you want me to be a doctor? Do you want me to be a janitor? Do you want me to, you know, you want me to work for the geek squad? What do you want me to do, Lord? 
That's because he wanted you to use your faith. And he never wanted to tell you what to do because if he told you what to do, you wouldn't have to use your faith. I love watching the Nature Channel. I'm such, an, I'm such a redneck, if you will. I love watching the outdoors. I love, you just put me outside with my Bible and, and just a pen and, and, and just watching the birds. I'm just funny like that. And the Nature Channel is my favorite channel. And here's, why I got, here's what I've seen on the Nature Channel is I've seen all these turtles. How many know what, uh, you know, the, the, the ocean, bio, what do they call them, oceanographers, ocean biologists, ocean biologists, marine biologists, right? Is that what they're called? Marine biologists. He's saying yes to everything. He don't know either. Watch this. Watch this. The sea turtle. Now, all these marine biologists are, are, are causing a lot of complaints and, and, and are giving issues to our government because the sea turtles, when they're born, born in the sand, born in something, but called to something deeper. Talk to me. Now, the reason they're getting mad is because all of the, the great buildings that are being constructed, all the lights that are being put on the roads, but, but, but what, what's happening to the turtle is, is when at certain times of night, the turtle knows which way the ocean is. And so the light throws their direction off and the turtles are dying in mass numbers because of the building that's going on. And so I started thinking to myself, Lord, why aren't people discovering their callings? It's because all of these false lights that are beginning to pop up and are drawing us away from the things of God and away from our true destiny and our true calling talking about being born in the dirt and called to something deeper I don't know about you I was born in Pine Hills but I knew even though I was born in Pine Hills I felt like the sea well I was just looking up to the light you know like Jesus can anything good come out of Nazareth can anything but I knew that just because I was born somewhere didn't mean I had to stay there and, and what God wanted wanted the, this guy with the one talent to do is is to allow his instincts come on somebody say instinct your God-given instinct to draw you to that deeper thing that God has called you to. Stop worrying about what lane God has called you to and just start living out of your instinct and look at what you're most alive in. Start operating in that. Amen? People say, how do you discover your destiny? What bothers you the most? What irritates you the most? What makes you turn at night? What makes you lose sleep? I knew this. I knew this one thing. I knew when I would come in services, I'd be squirming in my seat watching other people preach. I couldn't preach, couldn't say nothing. You know why I, I didn't graduate? Now, somebody told me not to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway, and I'm going to make you mad. You know why I didn't graduate grade school? Because I couldn't talk in front of people. I couldn't graduate, but I knew this one thing. I knew I would squirm when I would hear the preaching of the Lord. I, I would squirm when I would get in services, and you couldn't keep me out of church. I was in church four days a week. I knew one thing. I knew that I was called to some, something much deeper than I was born into. But like that sea turtle, I just was crawling just one step at a time, following the light, being deep calleth unto deep. Come on, y'all ain't saying nothing. Deep calleth unto deep. One of the other dangers is you will live in constant frustration. If you bury this talent and you leave it buried, nudge somebody and say, you better get out your shovel. You will live in constant frustration. I can't help but think about Peter 
when you were talking about him. And I thought how, how, how his business was going, and he had fished all night and caught nothing. And then Jesus comes along and offers him another job. Did any, is it just me, or did you realize how quickly he took Jesus up on his offer? But here's what was staggering. Is that Jesus just taught him how to fish. He caught nothing, but he goes back out, and then he catches a number so large that his nets are breaking. I don't know about you, but if Jesus would have came in my business and showed me how to run it and brought my numbers up like that, the last thing I would be doing was le would be leaving it. I'd begin to build infrastructure. He just told me how to become successful, and after just teaching me how to become successful, you're going to call me out to do something else. Now I'm going to call you to be a fisher of men. Do you want to know why? Because there's a difference between being gifted with something than operating in your purpose. There's a difference between gifting and purposes. He was gifted to fish. I'm gifted to paint. But my purpose is not painting. You might be gifted to braid hair or gifted to cook, but that's not your purpose. Don't get the two mixed up. So what he was saying is, he, he, in his mind, you couldn't pay him enough to stay fishing. You can't pay me enough to keep painting. Because it cannot fulfill you, you will stay frustrated and then trying to operate in a lane that you're not purposed for. If you tried to keep the sea, sea turtle in the sand, he would stay frustrated his whole life. No matter how much you would give him, how much food you would give him, he would be frustrated because he's born for something bigger than what he was born into. Can somebody say amen? Because money won't satisfy your... Money, listen to this. I want you to write this down. This is my quote. Making money will not ease your frustration, but discovering your purpose will. Money will never ease your frustration. Get it out of your mind that that's, that's what's going to be fulfilling. It will, and it may be for a while, but all of a sudden... You'll just need more money and more money and more money, but it will never satisfy the aching pangs of the desire for purpose in your heart and in your spirit. I think about fish. See, I told you all I watch the animal planet all the time. Take a fish out of water, and he will choke, and he will asphyxiate, and he will eventually die. But if you drop a fish in water, its genius will emerge. Its instincts will kick in. Have you been wondering why you've been choking? Have you been wondering why you're feeling like dying? Have you been wondering why you're so frustrated at times and making your boss mad and your, 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 your people who you work with mad, your spouse mad, because you've been dropped in an environment that you weren't made for, but once you get dropped in an environment that you were made for, your genius will emerge and you'll be a blessing and not a curse to your environment. So do yourself a favor and everybody else. Allow the deep to call to the deep. Most people don't get into quiet enough. They, they, I think some people just need to date their self for a while. People don't spend enough time alone, I feel. That is one of my greatest treasures. When I get some time alone, I spent most of my life alone, didn't date much. So when I, when I went to go marry, I knew exactly what I wanted. And I spent so much time with myself that I knew what I was going to go after. Because so many people spend time with other people to such a degree that they never spent time enough with themselves to figure out what they wanted or even had the time for the aching pains to draw up because you're so busy trying to be what everybody else put you. See, I'm going to put it like this. I can use that speaker as a seat, and it will work, but it's not what it's meant for. 
It's not what it's meant for. You can use it to sit on, but it's not operating at its full potential by being made as, as used to be a seat. When you, listen to me, you will make the money when you find out where you're supposed to be seated. Oh, listen, listen, listen. When you find out your lane and your gifting, stop trying to find out what makes you a lot of money. When you find out what you're really gifted at and what your purpose is, trust me, people will knock the door down to pay you to do what you do. The most dangerous thing I have found by leaving my talent dug and buried under the ground is you have the potential to become successful in something that you were never destined for. Oh. Moses was on the backside of the desert. Moses was called to free the Israelites from the Egyptian people. Moses slays one of his fellow Egyptians. Moses is Hebrew. He goes on the run into the wilderness, starts a family, has kids, starts a career for 40 years thinking that by running and starting a career that he has discounted himself from his calling as if God changes his mind. Time, let me share this with you. Time will not change God's mind. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Time will never change God's mind. As a matter of fact, this man with the talent was trying to do just that. Put verse 24 up on the screen if you can. Let's look at this. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. Next verse. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent into the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. Have it back. You've got the wrong guy. Just because you spoke it and gave it to me doesn't mean you have the right person. He's simply trying to talk the Lord into telling the Lord, hey, listen, you got the wrong guy here. I don't have what it takes. You need to change your mind. You don't have the right guy here. I'm not fit for the call. I got a stuttering problem. I don't look pretty enough. I'm not gifted enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough degrees to fulfill this calling on my life. We constantly try to do things to change God's mind. Some people sin so much thinking that they can change God's mind. Can I tell you, that gift that's in you that you've been hiding, God is not changing his mind. Just ask Jonah. He bought a ticket, and I believe that God bought him the ticket. Run, run, run away from me and end up riding, running right into me. Go ahead and ask Moses. Go ahead and ask Abraham. He couldn't get drunk enough to stifle the call of God on his life. Ask the woman at the well. She couldn't sleep with enough men to stop the call of God in her life. Just ask Peter. Peter couldn't cuss enough to stifle the call of God on his life. Come on, y'all ain't saying nothing. Paul couldn't kill enough Christians 
to discount the God, call of God on his life. God will never change his mind. And he will chastise you as long as he possibly can until you finally come to the realization that God's not giving up. I better dig up this talent and I better put it to the work for the kingdom. Amen? You just asked David. He said it like this. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I go from your spirit, Lord? If I ascend into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, you're there. The giftings and the calling of God is without repentance. You know what repentance means? It's got warranty on it. You can't take it back, baby. Come on, it's got warranty on it. One version says, New King James says, it's irrevocable. There's nothing you can do. You can't run far enough. You can't pray hard enough to get God to discount the call of God on your life. Your gas tank don't hold enough gas to get you far enough from God to discount the call of God on your life. God will not change his mind. Look at somebody and say, God will not change his mind. If you refuse to dig up this talent, others will fall short of their destiny. Oh, as I saw this video yesterday, Pastor, it blessed me. But I started thinking like, you, you remember that movie um, Ace Ventura when he did the rewind? I can't do it like him. He started rewinding. I started thinking about how many people have been blessed. I was thinking about all the baptisms we had and people, just the salvations that we've seen, the marriages that have been restored. I've been a recipient of God's blessing from this ministry, even being a leader here, just thinking about all the insurmountable things that God has done, giving us a building and just so many things, seeing how God just ordered our steps. But then if I, I rewind that and I say, well, what if that never happened? And we rewind, and that never happened, where would we be? There would be so many marriages destroyed right now. There would be so many destinies that have been thwarted and delayed there would be so much hurt and so much pain because there's somebody with a needle in their arm right now because, it, because you've buried your talent in the ground. There's so many marriages that are suffering right now because you've buried your talent in the ground. And you don't need two talents. See, here's the cool thing, that God gave one five, one two, and one one. Here's one common denominator. Everybody got 100% return but him. Some people are more gifted than you, yes. But you started with more than you had when you were born. All is one. When I looked up the worth of a talent, do you know what a talent biblically was worth? $1.25 million. You've got millions of dollars locked up in your talent and people waiting for you to manifest your talents to bless your life, to bless your ministry, to bless your home, and to bless your finances. So much locked up in this generation. And it pains me to see, especially this young generation, locked up with so much talent, especially the arts. When you talk about the arts, see, I used to not like the arts very much. I grew up, I just grew up differently. But now, not only just pastoring, but seeing this young generation and seeing the language that it speaks, it is the new microphone of the gospel of Jesus for our young people. And so much gifting locked up in you. And this is why we have to make room for our people, our young generation, those who are 25 and under. This is why we got to make room for you. It's because we know if you ain't expressing it in here, you're express expressing it somewhere else on Saturday night. And we need to make room for our people. 
and put our religious robes aside. Amen. Others will fall short. Do not underestimate the power of your yes. There's so many lives and so many destinies that can be changed in the twinkling of an eye and a bat of your eye if you were to simply say yes to the call. Oh, and there is a price. Oh, I would be so wrong if I were to tell you there wasn't a price. And it is indeed a high price. But there's a greater price to pay if you refuse to dig up the talent. So many lives at stake. So many souls at stake. There is a man by the name of Sam. Somebody say Sam. His name is Sam Martin. How many know who Sam Martin is? Nobody. I've seen one head shaking like this. He wrote a book. You know what the book was called? Something along these lines. I saved one, but he saved millions. I saved one, he saved millions. Talking about the destiny. This was, this was one guy, maybe one talent. He saved, he got one guy saved, led him to the Lord. And this man impacted the world and is still impacting the world. And do you know what this man's name was? John Osteen. One man at school, in high school. Whether you like Joel Osteen or not, I had a lot to say about him, but what are you doing with your one talent? I know it's easy to bash sitting in the front row. It's easy to bash. Prosperity, gospel, this and that. But are you going to be the one that says, that's said to enter into the joy of the Lord? Or are you going to be the one who's cast out and whose talent is taken? All I know is he's doing something with his talent. Is he doing, no, I won't go there, Lord. I won't go there. That's wisdom wisdom I won't go there do you know if my brother Daniel my brother Daniel has never stood up on a platform to preach to nobody but I am certain that if it wasn't for his example I would not be up here I remember when he was facing 30 years I hope you don't mind me saying this I hope you don't I remember when he was facing 30 years talking about there's lives at stake I remember him coming home and he would break open the Bible and talk in this funny language. I didn't know what that was. I thought he had a devil. Turns out I had a devil. I would run out of the house. I would have these bad thoughts. I had my skin was crawling. He was talking about the Bible, and he's telling me about this thing called the baptism of the Holy Spirit, how Jesus had renewed his mind. He struggled with major anger problems facing 30 years. He only did 13 months in the county because God radically changed his life and gave him a miracle. So he comes home and he starts ministering to me. And all I know is that almost 15 years later, that one man, one example, touched a life who's touching many. Destinies are at stake, people. Don't sit on your talent. If it's a smile, if it's a prayer, if it's a phone call, if it's reaching out to someone in their time of need, if it's sharing the gospel with them, don't bury your talent. Lastly, you'll never experience true joy. 
want you to put it up on the screen, Zach. It's verse 21, and then we're going to go to 25. Verse 21 says this, And his Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you a ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Now, I was tempted in this verse. I'm about ready to close. I was tempted, Pastor. I was tempted because I have a really religious mind sometimes. Because we would think enter into the joy of your Lord means enter into heaven. That's what you would think, right? Enter into the joy of your Lord. But the Lord said, no, I didn't say heaven. I said enter into the joy of the Lord. You know when you're going to experience your greatest joy? It's when you release the gift of God that's on inside of you and you begin to procreate just as he does. Because according to Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, let us make man in our own image and in our likeness. And until you're multiplying the gift of God on the inside of you and releasing it and being procreator like your creator, until you become creative like your creator, you will be frustrated, you will be depressed, you will be angry, and you'll lash out at people because you're starving the gift of God on the inside of you. And you will never enter into the joy of your Lord. Not heaven. He wasn't talking about heaven. He was talking about entering into the joys that he has in creating because you were born to create. You were born to manifest his presence and his glory and his gifts. Last thing. Put verse 25. You know what the Holy Spirit told me? He said, I was afraid. Somebody say, I was afraid. I was afraid and I hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. I feel the Holy Spirit. Stephen, he buried what was supposed to be exposed and he exposed what he was supposed to bury. Spirit told me if you reverse every great preacher Antoine every great minister struggles with fear and the only thing that makes them different the only thing that makes creative people different is that they choose to bury the fear and expose the talent Stand to your feet, stand to your feet, stand to your feet. The Lord's going to do something right now. If you will choose tonight and put a mark in the ground and bury the fear and expose the talent, I'm telling you, God is going to catapult you into your destiny swiftly like an arrow. Swiftly. For those of you who said, yeah, I've been working that talent. I've been, I've been working with the little that God has blessed me with been trying to multiply it. I've been trying to do the best I can. The Lord knows my heart. Sometimes the tools that God use you, uses to get to your destiny doesn't come in the wrapping paper that you want it to. God called me to minister the Word of God. Do you know what I've been doing the past, past 15 years, Janice? Painting. Painting. Called to preach but painting. Wax on. Wax off. 
Why do you got me stuck at this job, Lord? Oh, it's making sense now, ain't it? Why do you have me stuck at this job? You have me painting when I'm called to preach. Why do you have me working at Chick-fil-A when I have a greater calling and a greater destiny? It's because God often uses natural things to teach you spiritual things. And as I was painting one day, I was caulking some windows, and he said, one day, Donnie, I'm going to train you to protect spiritually what's on the inside of people's lives, to protect their lives from the elements. Caulking, painting, sealing, wax on, wax off, wax on, wax off. David was frustrated tending sheep with his sling and his stone. But when he was faithful with the sling and the stone, it was training, training, training for reigning, training for reigning. Because one day he would stand before a giant and he'd have all the practice that he needed to defeat his giant. Peter, I'm a fisherman, yet I'm called to the deeper things of God. Each time he would throw his net in the natural, God was teaching him a spiritual principle in the spirit, knowing that one day he would catch men. Don't let your job fool you. It comes in wrapping paper that may throw your mind off, but know that God, if you're a child of the Most High God, nothing is by happenstance. You're right where he needs you. So tonight... If you're feeling the conviction of the Holy Spirit, as we begin to worship softly, I want you to bring your shovels up. And I want you to do one thing for me. I want you to come up. And I want you in the Spirit to begin to pray and ask God to give you the grace to dig a hole and dig up the talent that He placed on the inside of you for the body of Christ and for our culture, and for your world, and for your family, and for your destiny, and I want you to bury your fear. I want you to exchange the talent that you've hidden in the ground for the fear. And if that's you and that resonates with you, I want you, under the sound of my voice, as I count to three, I don't want you to wait. I don't care if you got to step on somebody's toes to get to this altar. One, two, three. I want you to come. I want you to come now. I'm called to the deeper things of God. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of allowing the fear to run my life. I'm tired of allowing my circumstance to dictate my destiny. I'm tired of not becoming who God called me to become. I'm tired of not manifesting the kingdom of God in my life. I'm tired of being frustrated by not being who God's called me to be. Yes. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.